This is episode 99 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled, How the Coronavirus is Affecting San Diego Employers. This episode is part of our daily or near-daily series during the pandemic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show, and thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. I'm delighted to welcome a new guest to the show today. Uh, Jennifer Jacobus is with us from San Diego Employers Association. She's worked there since 1988 and is considered an expert in the field of human resources. She conducts human resources audits, drafts and reviews employee handbooks, and provides advice and assistance with employer-employee employment-related issues for the San Diego Employers Association membership. Uh, she speaks all over San Diego and has been lauded for her speaking and other public events. She's certified as a professional in human resources, so she's a PHR uh, nationally since 2002, as well as with the state of California since 2008 through the Human Resources Certificate Institute. She was certified through SHRM in 2015. She was named HR Professional of the Year Business Nonprofit in 2001 through the San Diego Business Journal. And she also received a Human Resources Certification through the College of Extended Studies through University of California, San Diego. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I wanted to reach out during the pandemic and see what's going on out there. And let's start by talking about the San Diego Employers Association, what its mission is, and what that looks like for San Diego employers. Sure. Well, this has certainly been an opportunity for us to strengthen our mission with everything that's going on. But you know, generally, our, our mission statement is that we provide businesses with expert HR knowledge and the tools necessary to effectively grow their business and manage their workforce. So with everything going on right now, we have certainly hoping and you have to step up to the plate and really help our <clears throat> members and in a lot of cases, non-members work their way through what's going on in the day-to-day -day changes. I've always thought that SDEA provided a really valuable service in keeping companies compliant because we have such uh, really significantly onerous laws here in California about employees. But things are really changing. And I'm on Cooley's email list, the law firm that uh, does a lot of this kind of work also in San Diego. And they are sending an email every day, which seems like has changes and updates. How are you keeping on top of everything? Yeah, it's, um, we also get a, a lot of information that comes our way. And sometimes it's hard to decipher, you know, if you get conflicting information, you know, what's, mm. what's accurate, what isn't what we're hearing on the news versus maybe what 
uh, we're seeing online, et cetera. But SDA is also, we're really fortunate to be able to partner also with some of the great local law firms around San Diego. It's kind of like what you're experiencing for getting daily updates, what's going on. Um, I know certainly for our staff right now, we are spending a ton of time doing research. I mean, you just said it perfectly that it's really is a day-to-day thing. And what we know often when we go to bed one night is something completely different when we wake up uh, the next morning. You know, we're just doing research, what we see on the news. Um, some of it, quite honestly, could be a question that we might get from one of our members. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves, is this something that changed since an hour ago? Or are they getting conflicting information? It's People are kind of in a panic, naturally, and completely understandable. And can uh, kind of translate information or decipher information that might be what they want to hear versus what they need to hear. So, you know, again, great, great partnerships with some of the employment law firms to be able to get some good information, research, and really watching the news and keeping up with what's going on the best we can. It just seems like there must be a lot of turmoil out there. Are you receiving a lot of calls? Oh, yeah, for sure. It is slowed down a little bit, but the last two weeks, I mean, as you stated earlier, I've worked at SDA for a minute. I mean, this is really something we have never seen before. It's been kind of hard in some cases to keep up it and um, really provide the service the best we can. So we're getting tons of calls, emails. Uh, We also partner with the San Diego Workforce Partnership and they have a hotline that comes into us. So we've ramped that up and actually brought somebody else in um, just to man that hotline to help some of you know the companies out there specific to th- that are working with the San Diego Workforce Partnership. So you know we're always been busy, but it's been typically in the before. You know, it's going to be another situation where we have the before and after, right? But before yeah. this, you know, busy with you know our projects and training, and of course calls and emails. But now really the focus is strictly been on um, the phone calls and the emails that we're, that we're helping people with. That's a really smart idea to have set up a hotline. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something we did with them already. Um, but because, you know, they deal with a lot of layoffs and helping companies through that and they're getting questions that they can't answer. So now they're being funneled straight over to us. And so that's been hopefully helpful to those people using that resource. What kinds of questions are you getting? Um, it has changed a lot. It has started um, really, you know, if we can even think of really the short span of time that this has all been happening. I know. It feels like it feels like March has been the longest month of right <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. I laugh kind of seeing people saying, can we, you see things online, can we unplug uh, 2020 and start reset it and start oh, over right. again? Yeah, it feels yeah. like something's kind of wrong with it. I know. Um, but, you know, it started just even really a couple weeks ago w- with questions like, um, can we take an employee's temperature? Can mm. we force an employee to go home if they're sick? You know, do we have to pay them if we force them to go home? Then we kind of transitioned into, you know, what if we have to cut somebody's hours? What if, um, you know, how do we do layoffs? You know, questions about 
notices and the information they have to provide their employees. And now we're focusing a lot on, you know, the bill that was passed. And I think it was March 18th. Again, seems like eons ago, but with the emergency family medical leave expansion act, and then the emergency paid sick leave. Unfortunately, a lot of times when new new bills are introduced, there's a lot of questions. And so now we're dealing with that and, you know, what some of that information means in there, really specifically the paid sick leave, you know, has language in there about if that employees can be eligible, if they're forced to isolate. And really, if this quarantine and isolation means the same thing, as far as um, employees being eligible or potentially eligible for this paid sick leave, this, you know, that's going to be reimbursed through the state for the employers. And so there's a lot of conflicting information with that. Our interpretation right now with the law firms we're working with is that asking somebody, you know, the stay at home order is not the same thing as quarantine, but you know, our employers will say, well, I was on a webinar and they said it was, but until we get further information from the department of labor, I think our answer is nope, it doesn't, unfortunately, because that could help out some employees. So that's really our focus now is misinformation and helping people decipher through that. Uh, interestingly enough, another big question we're getting right now too is employees that are afraid to go to work. You know that some businesses are open and employees are either afraid or flat out refusing to come into the office, even though that business is still operating. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. So those two pieces of legislation, those are just for the state of California, right? Um, actually, no, that was for, that is a federal law. So the, um, I think it's, the bill is HR 6201 and it is federal. It's something that Trump signed. Like I said, I think it was the evening of March 18th that he signed it. It doesn't go into effect until April 1st, um, where employees, so quick recap on that. So if employees are unable to work because they're ill, if they're taking care of a sick family member, this is all due to the virus, obviously. Um, if they have been told to quarantine by a medical provider, if they um, are unable to work because their child's daycare or school is closed, that they would be eligible for two weeks or 80 hours, really, is what it is for a full-time employee. 80 hours of paid sick leave that the employer pays, and then they are reimbursed through payroll taxes, the best we understand it. Again, something that wasn't specifically addressed in the bill, um, but that is nationwide. And then there's an extension on the uh, Family Medical Leave Act that it's going to apply. Well, these both apply to any company that has less than 500 employees. So for San Diego, you know, we don't have a lot of giant employers here that's going to apply to a lot of companies. I see. Okay, good. Yeah, thanks for the clarification. So when you say they'll be reimbursed through payroll taxes, but that's not totally clear. It just, there was an implication in the bill that they would be reimbursed, but the mechanism of doing that isn't quite clear? Exactly. There was something put out by the IRS, and we know how clear their information can be, right? <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> A little bit. Um, so, yeah, the the Department of Labor has said that they, before this 
bill actually goes into effect on the first that they will be coming out with clarification, I think is the word they use, clarification on, I'm sure they're getting inundated from the law firms that are coming up with all these questions for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So they'll be coming up with some clarification on these unanswered questions, but I know it is through payroll taxes. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but the employer will be reimbursed for those 80 hours. My heart goes out to all the payroll and HR people who are struggling now to put this into oh, their yeah. systems, you we know, need to band together. <laughs> I know it's all yeah. you make these. They say these things, and then when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of actually implementing them, it, it's yeah. always tougher than than uh, than you realize. For sure, yes. So here in California, with our shelter in place, our do I have this straight that employers have to determine whether or not they themselves are considered an essential service and that goes into their decision about staying open or not or tell how does that work? um yeah i well you know the governor came out with a list of who's considered an essential business so we've been getting calls on you know well you know we do you know, A, B, or C at our business? Are we an essential business? Mm -hmm. No, unfortunately, we don't have any more information than was provided by the governor. I think the biggest uh, industry we're probably hearing from are are companies that have to do with construction, Mm. which is on the list. But then we're getting calls maybe from the company that does the window. Oh, they're a window company. You know, does that trickle down to them or a company that does um, solar or skylight. So, you know, the construction industry is bigger than, you know, the men and women that are out there doing framing or actually on a construction site. Um, It trickles down. Uh, Mostly, of course, medical is going to fall into the essential businesses, banks, food. But, you know, we don't have really additional information than what the governor put out on who's considered an essential business. So yeah, I guess to answer your question, Jennifer, it is going to be up to um, some of these companies to make that determination the best they can based on the information we've all been provided. We have a lot of defense contractors in San Diego. Are they mostly closing or are they staying open? Um, I think you know, that's, I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to give you my best guess, which I can. My best guess is that they're, if they're a defense contractor, they're probably open, but I can't say that for sure. Mm-hmm. And what about the big employers in San Diego? Are, are they mostly staying open? I think only if they're falling into this essential business, you know, I, they too, unfortunately are being forced to make some tough decisions with, uh, layoffs or work share or furloughs or reducing hours, you know, telecommuting. But yeah, I, I think just because they're, you know, a quote unquote bigger company doesn't mean that they just get to automatically stay open. They have to still meet the, the definition of being, you know, an essential business. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting with those larger companies, because again, before, <laughs> but prior to all this, For larger companies under federal law, if you had more than 100 employees and under state law, if you had more than 75 employees, um, there are a couple acts called the WARN Act and the CalWARN that requires employers, if they're having a mass layoff or a um, business closure, that they have to give a 60 day notice. And, you know, this has hit people fast and furious 
Um, so one of the good things that has happened is both under federal and state law that the, the rules on that have been relaxed because employers can face some pretty hefty penalties with not giving that 60-day notice. But the, the rules have been relaxed on that. And now uh, the rule is that they need to give as much notice as practical. So that might affect some of the larger companies that you were mentioning or talking about, you know, that we have here in San Diego. Interesting. So good news for employers, but not so good news for employees. They, no. they, they yeah. are getting less notice than, than uh, before. Exactly. And, w- and when we talk about staying open, that doesn't mean necessarily, let's see, I've got to phrase this question right. People can stay open even if they're non-essential, assuming that all of their employees are working from home. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. And I I think, too, there's, you know, I've talked to some companies where they say, you know, we're practicing um, our social distancing. And those may be more like on a medical or companies that need to stay open. But yes, certainly if, in the state, I think both under state and federal law, but certainly state, the, the governor is really, really encouraging employers to work with their employees if they can telecommute. Some companies in the past have, you know, tele, people love to work from home, right? They think it's kind of a perk and... Some companies will have some pretty strict guidelines or, or policies on, nope, nobody works from home. We don't mm-hmm. do telecommuting, no remote work. Um, but the, the governor has really said, but, you know, we've, please work with your employees if they're able to work from home. You know, we need to relax those policies and kind of forget about our normal because we're not in normal right now. But mm-hmm. And really work with those employees to allow them to work from home. We had one member that they you know, right when we could kind of foresee where we were heading with this, but before we got this stay at home orders, um, that they, and not everybody I get is, can can do this, but they went out and purchased, you know, like 20 laptops, you know, just in case. So they were ready to send their employees home with laptops so they continue working and, you know, twofold that you keep the business going, but you're keeping those people employed, which is really essential right now. Yeah, that's that. I think it will be interesting to see the before, the after of all yes. this, and and how employers uh, think about remote work once they've tried it out. So yeah, I agree with that. I think we might see, you know, some employers that may be a, l- a little bit hesitant on how going to work, and were kind of their hand was forced to have to do this and think, all right, well, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. I'm going to save on some overhead, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are you hearing about people who are trying out remote work? What kinds of challenges are they experiencing? Um, I think challenges from the employer's perspective, obviously, because employees are going to think it's great, I'm sure. Um, But challenges of productivity, probably, you know, how how do I know my employees are working? So there's differences between our exempt employees who are paid a salary and, you know, they're pay covers hours worked regardless of how they work or when they work. But for our non-exempt hourly workers, you know, there's no direct supervision when you're working out of your back bedroom. So those employees, you know, figuring out how they're recording time, again, their level of productivity, um, some safety concerns, maybe, you know, depending on where they're setting up their remote office at, 
Um, and probably the biggest thing from an employer's perspective is making sure that these employees have the tools and equipment that they need to do their job. You know, the state does not like it uh, when employers hold their employees accountable for the cost of doing business. So things like um, their personal cell phone usage, maybe internet access, if you had to print, you know, paper, ink, et cetera, that you may be using, really the employer needs to figure out a way to reimburse their employees for those expenses. That's difficult, you know, when we have these all-inclusive phone plans or internet plans, you know, everything is bundled and uh, we just play a, pay a fat, uh, flat fee that well, sometimes it is a fat fee, but when we pay a, <laughs> pay a fat fee um, for those resources, trying to figure out what is considered reasonable to reimburse the employee for those expenses. Is one option to just give the employees a certain uh, stipend per month to cover those kinds of things? Is that enough? Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's what most employers are doing and come out with a flat fee um, and it could differ maybe from employee to employee in the company. If I'm doing mostly data entry, you know, at home versus somebody that is doing sales or networking. So they're on their phone all day. You know, there may be different stipends that you give even through the same company, but that's probably the easiest way to do it. Just a flat reimbursement fee. Yeah. We're just working these things out one by one, I guess. Exactly. And somebody tell me, you know, we have to make this up as we go along. And it really Mm -hmm. is what a lot of people are doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about sick leave because this is probably the most complicated thing right now that people are facing. What do you see employers doing? Are they changing their sick leave policies or tell us what's happening? Well, Sick leave, okay, so we know in state of California requires all employers to um, pay all their employees at least three days or 24 hours of paid sick leave. And then if your business is within the city limits of San Diego, where you have employees that are working in the city limits of San Diego, then that requirement is five days or 40 hours. Per, per year. Per year, yeah, per 12-month, whatever your 12-month benefit year is. Mm -hmm. So that has been the rule for several years now. You know, so employees have that available if they, depending on when their 12-month period is, you know, if you started in January, it's probably likely that they have that time available. But, you know, the sick leave is meant for an employee's own illness or injury or to care for a family member, Um, but it doesn't necessarily cover hey, I need to, I can't work or, you know, business is slow or I've been laid off. But we have been seeing some employers, thankfully, being more flexible with their paid sick leave policies and allowing employees to use that time maybe to make up missed hours or if they are forced to uh, be laid off. Because another thing with both under the state and the city is you are not required to pay out paid sick leave when somebody is terminated or laid off. Right. So I'm seeing employers being a little bit more generous with those policies. And again, as really encouraged by the governor to you know be flexible and allow employees maybe to use this time for things that you wouldn't normally let them. Um, the new paid, the new emergency paid sick leave is going to change that a little bit. I know we talked about that a little bit, but now 
regardless of what the employees already had or used. So if I'm working in El Cajon, hypothetically, and I'm, I'm as an employee, I'm eligible for 23 days or 24 hours of paid sick leave. And let's say I've used it all. Now with this, if I'm sick due to the coronavirus or I have a family member that is sick or my child's school is closed, now I can use, as effective April 1, I'll have another 80 hours available to me to use. So that's irregardless of what the employer's already provided. So that's another question we've been getting. You know, if we already gave an employee 40 hours and they've used it, do we have to give them another 80 hours because of this mandate? And the answer to that is yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you can't require, so if employees have sick leave time still available, you cannot, you know, through the company, you can't require them to use that first. You must allow them to use this 80 hours because that expires, for lack of a better word, by the end of this year. I see. And so for the additional uh, sick leave that's been granted to them, does that have to be used for issues related to COVID-19? Or if you simply get sick with regular flu, can you still use those hours? Um, As far as I'm reading the regulations, it is specifically to the COVID-19. I don't know how an employer would prove that, (laughs) Uh you know, especially now the doctors and, you know, if you aren't seeing you, if you're not really sick, I mean, but we've probably all experienced the same thing, getting notes from our medical professionals saying, Hey, you know, there's no non-emergency visits or, or well visits or anything. And even so things for like the flu or, Uh, So things, maybe more minor illnesses, I think it would be hard to prove that an employee had it or didn't because there's no way you can really require them to bring a doctor's note. Yeah, kind of a gray area. So you brought up, well, I'm going to ask this question first. So it seems to me, if I'm remembering this right, that we used to keep an accrual on the books for people's paid time off, Mm -hmm. but we did not if I recall correctly, keeping accrual on the books for sick leave, we certainly wouldn't have had an additional 80 hours sitting around that we could draw from. So that, am I right? That must be wreaking a little bit of havoc with payroll costs. Well, the new, I mean, with the new, I want to call it new, but when the required sick leave for both the state and the city went into effect, you know, that's been five years or more that we've been dealing with that. And one of the there's two ways that you can provide those sick leave benefits and it's either in a lump sum or an accrual method. So some employers, and it's just because of that law that went into effect several years ago are accruing sick leave. But yes, now that we have this new mandated 80 hours, that is causing concern naturally from employers. And especially as we discussed a few minutes ago, the uncertainty of how am I getting reimbursed for this 80 hours? Because that part isn't very clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sensing that people are going to be having to put in a different uh, balance somewhere so they can keep track of that and draw. Right. From that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're going to, yeah, more administrative work. <laughs> right. We, yeah. We're not busy enough right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And we don't already have people sick and so forth. Right. But so you brought up another interesting point about the schools being closed. And, I, you know, when we closed the schools, I, I couldn't help but think, wow, what is this going to do for parents? And what are you seeing happening out there? 
Yeah, that well, this is helping with that. We are so we're all seeing. Luckily, like I said, said most employers trying to be understanding and flexible with their paid time off policies because it's not something you would normally use. For example, paid sick leave for. Okay. So if they if they had some PTO or vacation, we can naturally use that. But now this eighty hours of paid sick leave will help with some of that. And then the extension on the family med leave, which typically only applied to companies that had 50 or more employees, but now it's applying to anybody that has 500 or less employees where they will be these employees that have to uh, stay home due to their child's school or daycare being closed, that they will be eligible for a total of 12 weeks of job protected leave. Now, two of those weeks will be the paid sick leave we've been talking about. Okay. And, th- and then after that, they would receive two thirds of their wages for the, you know, the remaining 10 weeks. And there's caps on those, which I don't have in front of me. So I think it might even be around $200 a day or something like that. I don't want to quote it. I don't have those numbers right here, but there is a cap on what an employee would earn. So that provides two things for the, those employees where the schools are closed um, and they have minor children that they have to stay home with, that they'll provide them job protection and some wages, at least two thirds of their wages for that additional 10 weeks after the paid sick leave. Well, let's see if I have this straight. I think we're ending the second week of my son's schools being school being closed. Do I have that right? That it feels about right. There's probably longest weeks ever, but right. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, do you think that's possible that there will be an extension? Because I don't see these schools opening up next week. No, I mean, right kind of hearing, especially from the governor, which I know some people are saying he's just going into a panic, but it kind of seems realistic that they may not go back this school years from what I'm hearing. I I mean, fingers crossed that is not the case, but possibly, I don't know, an extension to that. You're right. Because I know we do hit the summer months, so I don't know if that's kind of counted as, well, your kids would be out of school anyhow, so there's no need for Mm. Um, but the daycare too, or other school services, you know, those are closed as well, where maybe you put your kid in a camp during the summer or some sort of an extended school service or daycare that is potentially, I mean, we don't know at this point, but that's potentially not going to be available either. So I haven't heard anything about an extension, but I say anything's on the table right now. Yeah. Right. So yeah, for my last question for you, I want you to look into your magic globe, your glass ball, oh, and <laughs> and tell me what what do you see coming for San Diego? Well, I'm going to be positive. <laughs> That's my my crystal ball is positive. So, do I see this ending in really a short period of time? Not really. But I feel as if employers are trying to be creative. I mean, we see it on the news with restaurants that are figuring out different ways to do takeout or, you know, the remote workers and talked to a company yesterday where they're trying to figure out more 
things. They do some training and doing things online and um, the social distancing that I feel that employers are really working on trying to be creative Mm -hmm. to keep their employees employed in some capacity. And I know that's not going to work for every company and industry and, you know, a lot of cases, not every employee in a company, but again, keeping on the positive side, I want to say we're going to come out of this stronger. I think, you know, we see a lot of positive things coming out of this. I think people are re- trying to finally finding their toilet paper. So they're relaxing a little bit. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that this, you know, I hear the president saying, you know, he wants the, the everything back open by Easter. I don't, really see that happening. And I think I would be nervous to rush things too much, but I I think it'll be okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's my crystal ball vision. Yeah, it's true. I think sometimes in times of crisis like this, interesting things can happen. And I'm hopeful that that we'll see some of those things. I totally agree. Yes. In the relationships between employers and employees or really amongst all of us as human beings. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show, Jennifer. And I wonder if you would like to provide any information to the listeners about your association or about you or where they could follow your work or anything you'd like to share. I can tell you quickly a little bit about SDEA. It says uh, San Diego Employers Association. Uh, we're a nonprofit human resources consulting firm, and we've been around for over a hundred years. Oh, wow. Yeah. SDEA is, you know, I kind of gave our mission at the beginning, but really we are here to help employers. We're a resource for employers on a, under all circumstances, you know, not just what's going on right now, but mm-hmm. helping them work through the issues of having a business in the state of California, whether it's a wage and hour issue, leaves of absences, dealing with employer-employee relations, you know, terminations, et cetera. Uh, We do, we offer lots of training. Some of it is complimentary, again, through our uh, partnership with San Diego Workforce Partnership. Uh, We can do things like review handbooks, do HR audits, but really a resource for the employer, especially right now. And, you know, our employers, they need somebody, but it's because they really want to do the right thing for their employees. And that's what we're there for, whether it's a small business that has no HR or we're a partner with the HR employee in the company or dealing sometimes directly with the manager or the owner, I'm sorry, or president, you know, for some of the smaller companies. Okay. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. That's it, everybody. You've made it through another episode of Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work. During the pandemic, we'll be changing our format in honor of those who are quarantined or working on the front lines. We'll put out shorter shows on a daily or near daily basis early in the morning to start your day on a positive and interesting note. We'll be considering work-related issues relevant while COVID-19 is impacting the world. If you have a question or a comment or a message for our listeners, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through the website, discreetguide.com, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T-E, where you can also find other resources about working better together. Thank you for joining my quest to improve our workplaces, our work lives, and our lives in general. And thanks for listening. 
We look forward to returning to our old format when the world has returned to a more normal state. In the meantime, please hang in there, stay safe, and know that I care about you.